All right, this will this will just have to do. If as long as I sound good, we can go. Homie, you always sound good. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about today? I sent you a bunch um, in the email. Did you email them? Oh shit, I didn't get the check. Hold on, let me look at it now. These were just ideas for like whatever. Okay. Like I figured it'd be good to have a bank of ideas. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's see, let's see if I can find them. Okay. I like. I thought about talking about weed culture. I like that because of 420. Uh, hey man, I'm cool with that. I had a video game topic also. All right. Cities, okay. I thought about cities, booze. If I we, like that. If we do, I don't want to do weed and booze the same day. I like the idea of doing the weed culture one. Yeah, it makes more sense to do weed today. And I'm um, cool with video games. The cities one I want to put on a hold because I'd like to do that as a panel. Okay. Christina wants in. She heard the first episode. She's like, I could play with this. I could be on this. Show. Okay. Okay. So she wants to. Uh, she wants to be on the cities one, and she also wants. She wants to relitigate Maine because she likes Maine. <laughs> okay, but that's but I love it. We can do that in the future. So yeah, I mean okay. I, I made a whole list of songs. Okay, perfect. Okay, so let's let's start with that because I I thought that one could get us a little bit like because uh, I had this conversation with Jason recently. He's he's the one who actually brought it up to me. And so the question is, are we we're going now, right? We've been going. Home. Is, okay, that's what I thought. So, what songs give you goosebumps? Man, at first I was like, "What?" When you text me that, and yeah. I haven't stopped thinking about it since you asked me. It's a great I have question. A, I have a whole bunch of songs, and a lot okay. of them is a lot of them are just they're my they're, they're memories attached to them, right? Of course. Some of them are I have so many I wrote down. Some of them are thematic, so anything that is about going home. Okay. Because I live so far away from home, right? So anything about going yeah. home, going home. Recently, anything that reminds me about my fiance is on the list. Uh, so I'll start there, I guess, because it sort of because makes sense to start there. So my, I, I had to, man, this, I fell such into a rabbit hole when I was thinking about this. So I couldn't pick one song, so I sort of picked an album. Okay. And I picked this album because it's the most important album in my life. Like, this is the most important piece of music in my life. Everybody has theirs. It's just precious and personal for whatever reason. And mine is Explosions in the Sky, The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place. Uh, that is my most precious piece of music in my life. And every time I hear it, like, every time I fly, I listen to it. Just because it's just my zen, my zen space, my inner, like, my cave, like, in Fight Club. Like, that's where I go. And that's the music that's playing is Explosions in the Sky. And my favorite song is First Breath After Coma because I discovered it right around the time that I was coming out of my like depression from all that stuff that happened. So I would latch to it as a sort of like that feeling, that idea that like imagine that first breath after a coma, like right, and you're sort of awake yeah. again. You're not no longer in this sort of fugue state or dream state, or at least that's you know what culture tells us comas are like, who really knows? So and it, as, as a metaphor, it really resonated with me and where I was in my life. So that's number one. It's funny because that album has a song that would be on my list, and that's Your Hand in Mine. 
Oh man, I have the best your hand in my story, but I don't want to. You, you go first. Well, so it's your your hit. I saw Explosions again for like the fifth time a month ago. Right. Uh, they play Houston, and that was actually the first time I had ever seen them in Texas. I managed to see them four times in different states. It was oh, just random. I've never I've never seen them in Texas until this week oh, or until this month. That's funny. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> that was me and the Toadies for a while. Yeah. yeah. Never saw them here. I finally did. Uh, but that song clicked for me, and I was with you at the time, actually, is when we went to the Governor's Ball in New York. Yeah. Uh, and we saw explosions there, and that is still one of like, five or ten best shows I've ever seen, is that set. Yeah. Uh, that show, like, their sound was just perfect that day. Uh, and when they played Your Hand in Mine, I, I fucking lost it. And, like, but that's that song always gets me. Like, Your Hand in Mine, anytime I hear it, anytime I see them, I know that, one, I know they're going to play it. And two, it gets me every fucking time. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic song. Uh, I have lost count of how many times I've seen Explosions in the Sky because I see them every time they come through. Yeah. I've seen them now in the double digits. Like, I've stopped counting. Yeah. And I've seen them enough where they have different sets. And the outdoor stage power set, which draws heavily from uh, Earth is Not Dead, uh, Cold Dead Place, uh, and a lot from um, Take Care, Take Care. That set is the best. <laughs> that is the <laughs> fucking best. Although last time I saw them at like on a small stage and they played a mellow set. They played all of the like melodic songs and I loved it. Yeah. It was definitely I guess a, in honor of four twenty, even though yeah. that passed and this is the one that happened. It was definitely a stoner set. Yeah. And it's right now my favorite set. But a lot of yeah. that's because I never hear them do that. I've I've mostly seen them at festivals, strangely. Like I've seen them at I've only seen them once at a regular show and that was with you when we saw them in Hartford, I believe. Uh no, that was Providence. Providence, that was Providence, okay. So I wanna steal your hand in mind, Thunder. Okay. Because there is a uh, a a orchestral quartet version of it by the Vitamin String Quartet. I don't know if you know them. They're one of those like classical orchestral bands that likes to do covers. Mm-hmm. Right, and they covered your hand in mine, and that is the song my fiance will be walking down the aisle to. Wow! Right? Wow! Nice. Canon and D can suck a dick. We're going exposed <laughs> in the sky. That seems appropriate for your wedding. Yeah, yeah, right. And we <laughs> yeah. and she's been to a, a bunch of explosions concerts with me, so she loves them. So yeah, it, we were excited when we discovered it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So okay, so I got a bunch more. Um, okay. I have this is a lame category, but I think it's a valid category. Songs at the gym. <laughs> you have songs at the gym that give you goosebumps. Yeah, like yeah, I'm fucking going. I'm pumping it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm on. I'm on it today. You know. Okay. Uh, two and it's almost always either every song from the Hamilton first act or power metal. Like in particular, Master Plan, Spirit Never Dies, okay, and Dragon Force, with what I would actually enter into greatest song title ever written, mm-hmm. Heartbreak Armageddon. <laughs> it's it's just perfectly balanced. Four syllables. Yeah. It's evocative and powerful. It's 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 wary and fascinating. It's the most incredible song title, and the and. You know, it's a Dragon Force song, so you've already heard Through the Fire and the Flames. So you've also heard Heartbreak Armageddon, but that's okay. 
Okay, and that's Goosebumps? Definitely. Yeah. See, for me, Goosebumps are more, like you like you said, it makes you more emotional. So, like, what I have on my list is pretty much all of Keep It Like a Secret from Built to Spill. Oh, that's uh, a good choice. Like, that whole, like, I tried to, I was just thinking of random Built to Spill songs. Because, like, it's not even my favorite Built to Spill album. But of the ones that give me goosebumps, like, of songs of theirs, the most are on there. Like, Else and Carry the Zero. Carry like, those two zero. songs, like, just hit me emotionally every time, no matter when I listen to it. Carry the Zero is one of those songs that's just canon to my narrative. It's just been there forever. Yeah. That song, like, predates my consciousness in a lot of ways. It's just been there, you know? That song it is. is. It's one of those, like, like, what's it called? Like, I don't even listen to this band anymore, but Interpol's first album. Yeah. Was it just called Interpol? No, it was, uh, shit. Turn on the bright lights. That's it. That yeah. album is like the soundtrack for a year of my life. Oh yeah, I, re- I remember that year. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. There's certain albums that'd be a good conversation. Like ten albums that are just your soundtrack albums, or five. Ten's probably a lot. Um, yeah. I have a category of this for you because I know this will probably resonate with you because you're Mr. Yeah. Concerts. You. Yeah. You have. You, you just have the most impressive resume of shows you've been to. So I know you're going to have an answer for this because I also know you love seeing bands on the rewatch and you love being able to sort of pick out little differences and nuances per show. So what is your yeah. favorite song to hear live? Fuck. Oh, man. Um, there are air. Okay, so... Kicked it in the sun by Built to Spill is my favorite song to hear live ever. I wouldn't have well, I would have guessed the Built to Spill song. I wouldn't have guessed that yeah. one. Yeah. Anytime I see them, I hope to hear Kicked It in the Sun. That song I want to hear every time. Alright. Um Animal Collective, this past tour, it was the Jimmy Mac cover that they did. But really like Kicked It in the Sun, like I can think of songs that were my favorite moments I've ever seen at a show. Uh it was the first time I heard that. A lot of them are built to spill in Animal Collective, strangely. Uh, but that's I've seen not, those bands. That... <laughs> I don't, anybody who's met you, no one's going to think that's strange. <laughs> no, because I mean, I've seen them each like 10, 15 times. Built to spill, kicked it in the sun. Uh, the only time I've ever seen them play Velvet Waltz, when I saw them play Time Trap. Uh, and those were the same, Ooh, t- that was the same show. Like, that was a fucking great show. Animal Collective, when I went to the camping weekend... That whole thing, like, really, like, I get so fucked up at shows, it's less like the individual song and more the experience of being at that show, you know? Hey, I have a question, I know, I got, I'm, yeah. totally just, I'm totally, I'm interrupting you because I forgot to say yeah. this earlier, um, do we have a Twitter account yet? That way, I'd be great if people would offer their suggestions, you know, for any of these categories, I'm just tossing that out there. We don't have a Twitter account yet, but I can make one right now. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do so, we want to name it? Uh, two Stonians? Two Stonians, all right. At least you got something better. I don't. Ha- <laughs> I really don't. Hashtag listen to our pod, hashtag name our pod. Yeah. Come up with something better. All right, hold on. I don't, know they're, I don't know they're gonna, buddy. Two Stonians is pretty great. <laughs> Something there's nothing you haven't seen. 
Jolene by Cake. Okay. Jolene by Cake because they love to do a they always do now like a jam band version of it. They have they get everybody up on stage and sometimes they'll do like weird things like hula hoops or uh some like a or like a one time they did like multiple people with tambourines like an unnecessary amount of tambourines and they just have a good time and it's always fun to see what it's going to be different so i don't know does it give me goosebumps sometimes when it really hits and it's like oh it's really cool but like you said i always want to hear it because i always know it's going to be different it was uh, when i got to see uh lupe live for the finally for the first time oh and i great show i saw lupe too i've I've seen him twice great every time and he has so many better songs than this yeah songs that i love more than this song but uh, and maybe I was just the right amount of drunk. But when he played Superstar, I fucking lost it. Yeah, that's one of those songs that sometimes we like, like we're ashamed to admit we. How can we put it? Not relate to. More narcissistic than that. <laughs> like imagine myself as like you know, appropriate its narrative for myself. Those are always our favorite songs, right? <laughs> yeah. And we all have a couple that were like, maybe I shouldn't tell people how much I identify with this song. And mine's probably Superstar. But so yours, yours is Superstar, huh? Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, one you just made me think of with that was when I saw Vince Staples last year. Oh, I haven't seen him yet. That was one of the best shows I've ever. Like it's in the it's a, it's up there. Like Vince Staples puts on a fantastic show. It's just him on a stage with the microphone, no hype men, no nothing, just him. And he fucking kills it. I got it was uh, me and Willem went to that one, and that was one of the best shows I went to that year. Dude, we gotta talk about Vince Dragon. Oh my god, <laughs> we don't deserve Vince Staples, man. No, man, we don't. <laughs> no way. And did you see the the uh, the follow up tweet was uh, long story. Sh- I'm paraphrasing. It was like long story short, I got more people riding with me today because he was talking about. Did you see how he said R. Kelly was looking for him? Oh yeah, yeah. I just thought that he, was that He was got awesome. the uh he I, some somebody tweeted this perfectly. I don't know who did it, but it was like he's going to do Hannibal Burris Bill Cosby when no one's been listening to women this whole time. I saw that and I was just like, "Oof." Ooh. Yeah. That was rough, man. It's true. That was rough. It's true. Yeah. Like he lost his publicist. He lost like R. Kelly's like he's losing everybody now, but it took Vince Staples you know, doing an off-the-cuff interview for that to happen. <laughs> so I got a random-ass tangent that I just, I just imagined on this spot. And I think for, for the 420 episode, this is appropriate. Right. Yeah. Random tangent. Okay, so in terms of analogies, Hannibal Burris is to Bill Cosby as Vince Staples is to R. Kelly, right? Okay. So who is Kobe's Hannibal Burris going to be in the NBA? Ooh. Uh, Cause that dude is just like being pimped like crazy by ABC and ESPN, and I'm like, man, it's like Me Too ain't happening right now. Bomani. Ah oh, man, but Bomani is not. He's just a critic, right? Burris to Cosby was comedian to comedian. Vince yeah. to R. Kelly was rapper to rapper. It's got to be an NBA player. Which means... R. Kelly's not a rapper. Yeah, a singer, performer, entertainer. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. R&B singer. Um, but. You know, singer, <laughs> singer, performer to performer. So who's Kobe in the NBA going to be? And who did you think of first when you said that? And that's my question. It's got to be a player. 
Yeah. I don't think it would be somebody big like LeBron. It's got to be somebody like uh, it's gotta be fresh. Jared. It's gotta be fresh. It's got to be like somebody like Jared Dudley, like somebody who's well known enough they can talk, uh, and who's not afraid to speak their mind. Uh, but all of a sudden, probably has to be somebody better than Jared Dudley. It's got to be somebody at least you know. I don't know. That's tough. It like, won't, I won't be this person, but I'll tell you who I want it to be. Who? You can probably guess. I'll give you three guesses about who I want it to be. I mention them a lot. Oh, shit. I don't know. Uh, let me guess. I'll just jump ahead. Donovan Mitchell. Oh, shit. Donovan <laughs> Okay. I have such a Donovan Mitchell crush. I want it to be him. No, it's got to be someone on the Nuggets. <laughs> Jamal Murray. No, is that, that right? Jamal Murray? That's that kid? <laughs> yeah. He would do it, too. That's probably who it's going to be. Yeah, because Donovan Mitchell does looks like he has class, so he's probably not going to bring up rape charges to talk he's, shit about basketball. He's but, not going to – he's not – no. But Jamal it's Murray be, will. But Jamal yeah. Murray will. Yeah. Yeah, he will. Oh, man, I hope that's it. But that whole Kobe thing, like, he straight up admitted it, and we don't talk about that at all. Like, he was like – like, he wrote a, his apology is a straight confession that he – yeah – what we think happened happened, and we don't discuss that at all. Well, I mean, I guess if he did apologize, I don't know. That's pretty not for, for us to decide. It's weird. I know. We it's weird we don't talk about it. Yeah. It's weird we don't talk about it. I was uh, I was fine with letting Kobe just have his moment and go into the sunset, but now he's winning Oscars. There is no sunset with Kobe. He's making cartoons and shit. Like he's everywhere. He yeah. if he's not gonna go away. He loves the spotlight. Like he's never gonna give and that shit up. And that's what it is. Like. MJ just wanted the victory. He didn't really care about the spotlight, it seems like, after the fact. He's faded into the and, background pretty comfortably. He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't chased the spotlight at all. Like, some no. people miss that, like, uh, Shaq misses it. But Shaq, we miss having him in it, so it's cool, you know? Yeah. Um, nobody really likes Kobe. <laughs> people who like Kobe, you're always like, oh. Oh, Kobe's got, Kobe's got some Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like, it, finding out somebody likes Kobe is like finding out they drink I don't know, for loco, unironically. Like, uh, you probably should hang out. Yeah, uh, that took a weird turn. How did we get to <laughs> While we're still in L.A., while we're still in L.A., Humble. Okay. Humble and King Kunta. Actually, King Kunta even more, if I'm being honest. Okay. Because okay. King Kunta, well, the first time I finally went backpacking in Europe with Christina, because we got sent for work, so we were like, let's buy our own plane tickets back and just hoof it, right? Just go to a bunch of places. That song had come out, and it was huge. We heard it everywhere. Like, yeah. Kinkunta was super popular. Kendrick Lamar is super popular in Europe. I don't know what that means or what that says, but it was really cool to just hear him on the bus. Yeah. Like, just, and people loving it. People loving it on the on the bus. Um, everywhere I went, it was playing. Like, in multiple countries, it was playing. People really got, got a lot of play. And it became the soundtrack for that trip because I had just gotten my first big job. I had a little bit more money than usual, so I was feeling, you know, feeling strong. So I was out there just strutting, yeah. and that song became my soundtrack for that summer. So Kendrick is unquestionably the top dog right now. Yeah. Although, like there's, he's... although there's a lot of J. Cole fans who would, who would uh, 
who would disagree with you. They also want I, they also want to talk to you about how Toronto is the best team in the NBA. Yeah, and, I like J Cole. I'm not in like with J Cole. Um, I haven't listened to his new album yet. Me neither. Um, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little lacking on that. Uh, but I don't. I think that have we seen a rapper as big as Kendrick is right now? I mean, nah, I'm not one to be surprised. I know, like, the when you're just you're telling me about listening to him in Europe like that, I'm like, fuck, like Kendrick is. Yeah, he's transcendent. That's for it's sure. it's insane how big Kendrick is. Yeah, he seems like the first. I don't. I, I want to say like new thing in a while. I don't want to say something like he's transcending rap because that's so condescending. Rap should no. be uh, transcendent, right? If anything, take it with you. Maybe a better thing to say is elevating it, because he's got, I don't know, because he's got all these jazz spoken word kind of fusions. Maybe he's it's more of a cohesion with multiple, you know, African American traditions. Who knows? But he's def who, who knows how to describe it. I don't. I'm not a music writer. I guess what's weird to me is I can't believe a rapper as black as Kendrick Lamar <laughs> is as big as Kendrick Lamar, like. Someone with his message, like, and really, it's he's the fucking best rapper right now. Like, just lyrically, like the way things he do does with his flow, like, there's no question he's the best guy right now. Definitely the but most it, ingenuitive. Yeah, I'm just surprised that's also translated to popularity because that almost never happens. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, like people like Deltron are like, what the fuck was this? Ten years yeah. ago, <laughs> Lupe. Lupe's got to be pissed off Lupe. right Lupe. now. <laughs> Lupe, but Lupe, Lupe. I think. How can I say it? Because this is also applies to Kendrick. Lupe thinks he's smarter than you, and but so does Kendrick, right? Yeah, but Kendrick might be smarter than me. Lupe might be too, but the <laughs> thing is, is that Lupe like needs you to know it. Well, and I'm throwing Lupe into the bus a little bit, but he's my favorite rapper. Like he's still my favorite. Just from me and him have a long term friendship. But yeah. sometimes he needs you to know how smart he is, while Kendrick knows you know, and it yeah. translates into swag in, in the most <laughs> awesome way. Yeah. No, both both of them are probably smart. Yeah. No, they're uh... both. Great. <laughs> they're both fantastic. But yeah, it's... but J Cole. I mean, I don't know, man. J Cole is such a polarizing figure for reasons i don't quite understand like he's not brilliant but he's occasionally more than occasionally well i might say frequently thought genuinely thoughtful he can flows pretty good i don't know but well, but you it's... say that you make no friends you can't have you can't have lukewarm feelings about j cole or even luke mildly positive no you either love him or you hate him yeah i don't know well, how did this happen yeah, part it's of it. It's a weird place. It's he's in a weird place. Part of it is Chase Lorano, which makes me love Chase Lorano even more. Yeah, but it's funny. It's funny when he does it. Yeah, but there are people who just don't like him. Right, right. I was yeah. one of those for a while. I didn't like him for a while, but Four Souls was dope. I I used to really like J Cole, and I've liked him less the last two. Or oh, I haven't listened to this one, but I didn't. The last one just didn't click with me the way the one before it did. Let me look at my list. Okay. 
What's next? Okay, so video games. Yep. As uh, as you know, I'm catching right. up. I'm way behind. That was good. that was the premise of my question. All so, right. you're someone who played video games and then you took like a decade and a half off. Right. I played video games uh, until through undergrad pretty casually, but I played them. And then when I got to grad school, I just lost interest. And then I rediscovered them like last year or two. Yeah, you got a PS4. So, so I, I want to know. So I faded out through halfway through the PS2 generation, yeah. missed PS3 completely, and then jumped on Wii as it died. And then PS4 currently. Yeah. Right. So as someone who's who's taken that kind of break, what differences do you see in the video game, video game culture and industry? And how do you like games now? What's keeping you playing and what are you playing? Oh boy! Well, you know what it is, honestly, is the indie game scene, the weird kind of game scene. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. That's stuff I like a lot. Um, for example, what was I playing? Uh, there's this little free, like five dollar PSN game you can download for the PS4. Uh, what's it called? Limbo. Oh, Limbo's great. The Dark Mario. I call it Dark Mario because basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Limbo's great. Limbo's fun as hell. Um, so yeah. all that stuff. I love Journey. You know, I love Journey. Yeah, Journey's great. I have played Journey all the way through maybe 50 times. Really? Yeah. Just, just, set, to, just set to music. I often play when I'm having a bad day, and I just okay. meditate. It's meditative. It's a beautiful experience I have every it, time. The, I, I played it so many times, it's muscle memory. It's like a Mario. Wow. It's like a big, long, two-hour Mario level for me. 50 oh, man, ex- 50 is exaggerating, probably, but it's definitely, like, it's definitely, man, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. A lot, uh, a lot. I was gonna say twenty. I was like, that's definitely more than twenty. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, somewhere in there, twenty to fifty. I okay. love the broad parameters. Uh, it's it's spiritual successor. Abzu was not as fun because okay. of the three D motion. That it, like it's just it, it requires more attention than I want to play. I beat it and it's great, but I would it's not replayable really. Not like Journey is. Uh, I'm playing Shadow of Colossus. Okay. Which is a big. Uh, I'm playing the remake, which everybody's is just. You know, everybody's blowing their nips up about it. Yeah, um, one of one of my favorite games ever made. Shout yeah, all right, tell me more about oh, it. Yeah. I'm halfway through it. I yeah. put it down because the semester picked up. I'm going to pick it up again soon. Yeah. Um, tell me why you love it. So, it's really context. Like you have to think about when that game came out. So that's like middle of PS PS3. Oh no, sorry, PS2. So that's the same year it came out. I think it came out the same year Resident Evil 4 came out. And so this is really, we had never seen a game like that where the mechanic is really simple. You can pick it up easily and it's really just figuring out puzzles and really you're doing the same thing every time. You're just stabbing that thing on a head. Uh, what's great about it and sort of why I like Dark Souls as well is the story that's being told through atmosphere and consequences for your actions. Once you get to the ending, once you get to that ending, it's it's one of the greatest video game endings you'll ever see. But it's hard to it's hard to really qualify it because one, you haven't played the ending, and two, we're playing you're playing that game well after it was new and fresh. So many games have borrowed ideas from that. So many games have now it's like when you it's like watching Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai is still a great movie, but what made it innovative then isn't it doesn't really play to now. That's a great description. 
that's a great description. That's what I. That's part of the reason why I bought it. it has that reputation. A lot of the games that I love now, or that I've discovered recently, find their kind of spiritual roots in that tree. You know, there's definitely. Yeah. It's like the Akira Kurosawa. I think was particularly apt. Right. These these techniques and this storytelling modes may feel familiar to us now. But yeah. in its moment, it was nothing. No one had seen anything like this. No one had done that. I'll yeah. say that in terms of just beautiful landscapes, I can just travel in, which is what I, uh, what attracted me to it. Because again, games like Journey, yeah, um, it definitely delivers. It's a, the palette colors. The color palette's a little like cloudy day, but I get that that's part of the sort of uh, the atmospheric mm-hmm. metaphors they're going for. So sometimes I'd like some sunshine, but I guess that it's. And I know it's also possibly wanting me to feel that way. It's because uh, it's so ambigu- ambiguous, ambiguously, yeah. what you know, what's ethics are, particularly because I'm always feeling bad because I'm like, why am I killing this thing? Like, it's just sitting here chilling. Like, it's not even yeah. fucking with oh, anybody. No. I'm just killing yeah. it. No, that's that's the right lesson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a little bit repetitive. And if this is building towards, and don't tell me if it is, if it's building to some sort of like, you know, I don't want to say Frankenstein metaphor, but basically, like, who's the real monster? You know, who's the real Colossus? And like, oh, is it me? Like, I, I got that. Like, quite a few of these creatures ago. Yeah. But um, it's cool as hell looking. They had a chameleon one that was this, that one was super fun to play. That was like a really yeah. one of my favorite. It took a while for me to kill it because I'm still not like good at video games by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it was super fun. So Shadow Colossus is interesting. It is repetitive. I put it down because it was uh, I got a little bored of the same task, and yeah. especially because it felt like I killed another monster almost exactly the way this puzzle is. This one's just bigger and more of a pain in the ass for, for being. They start bigger. to repeat at the end, yeah. Like near the end, like you'll be like, oh, it's another bird, right? But it's not as cool as that first bird. Oh, you know? that catfish was amazing. Yeah, the catfish that's a great in the one. Water is amazing. Yeah, that's that's maybe my favorite, just visually my favorite. Yeah, let's see what plays. I'm trying to play Bloodborne Man, but that first level is yeah, just it's, it's so a so discouraging. <laughs> and I know you like that hard for hard sake genre, and I don't. <laughs> I'm like well, I'm like I've, I've told you before. I'm like James Con The Simpsons. Some it's that, like but challenge. it's also. It's that, but it's also not. Like, you can straight up just run through everything. Like, you can run by everything. Don't feel like you have to fight everybody. Just fucking, oh, shit, this guy's tough. I'm running. Just run. Especially I, that first level. That first level is an asshole in Bloodborne. All right, well, that's, I'll try that next. Uh, I've yeah. been trying to be sneaky and not just get, get seen and go in behind groups, but that's not working. Sooner or later, yeah. somebody spots you. You just got to sprint, I guess. Use the pebbles to fight them one-on-one. Um and in certain spots, just run. Like, once you get past the bonfire, that place really opens up. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I'm, at, I'm at that bonfire, and I keep getting destroyed <laughs> at that bonfire. I know. I know where you're getting stuck. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, let's see. What else am I playing? That's uh, – uh, have you played God of War Every, or Fortnite? Because apparently everybody loves those two things. I don't know what they are. Uh, so I haven't played God of War yet. Uh, I haven't. I actually haven't been playing many games recently. I just haven't had a lot of time with work. Uh, I'm still working on South Park and Bayonetta two. Um, wait, wait. Has South Park released its uh, second, like its season pack thing? Because I bought the season pack. Yeah, Castle Bonita. I beat that. I'm playing through the sort of uh, the fights through the. Um... Oh, I played some of those. Yeah, I've been playing those like the high level fights. Um, 
But if you haven't played Castle Bonita, the add-on, you should play that. Okay. It's about two hours. Ooh, awesome. I loved it. Yeah. I, I love that it's game. It's quick. You can do it in one scene. I loved it, too. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, uh, I especially appreciated that it was clearly, like, made for dummies. <laughs> yeah. so, I turned the difficulty all the way up because the battle system is easy as fuck. Yeah, not me. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I left it at normal, and I was like, wait, everyone's going to wait for me to decide what to do? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's so thoughtful. Turn-based strategy, man. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, no, it's like my SNES days. I missed it. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been playing that. I've been doing those danger room fights because some of them are hard. Uh, so it's fun to get a little challenge in there and then uh, just bayonetta two. I think it's Get Out. Hold on. It's not Get Out. Hold on. Any other time I can think of it. Speaking of Get Out, someone's got to get to Kanye. They got him. Oh, man. I'm, I'm not ready to talk about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> it's next, called A Way Out. Next next week. A Way Out. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Kanye's given me a lot to digest over the last 48 hours, and I'm a, I'm a Kanye stan, so... Ooh, it's been rough for you, then. Oh, it's... I mean... It's always been rough. My my reaction was only, mm-hmm, I bet you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I miss the old Kanye. Man, I, I'm, I'm beginning to suspect there was an old Kanye. Ugh. Yeah, not ready to talk about Kanye. All right. Next, next week. All right, so you want to talk about our last topic? Let's do it. What is our last topic? Weed culture. I don't know. I'm just kind of burnt out on the whole weed culture thing. <laughs> It's it's just I just like every time 420s around it's like hey we're a cool website here's our 420 videos oh and, yeah hey, like you know like just the commercialization of it um, just sort of like it's lost sort of the counterculture uh, of what it used to be and I'm not I'm not fucking bemoaning the loss of 420 like who gives a shit um, but it's just kind of like eh, you know well on the other hand the sort of the destigmatization that comes with being embraced by pop culture yeah. is probably going to push the uh, the sentencing reforms that we obviously need. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I just don't think there's enough of a vocal... I mean, there's a vocal push for it. Uh, there's just not enough vocal push by people who have power. Right. Uh, well, what are we talking about anytime soon? Like, I think that we're going to see... I'm talking about in the next five to ten years. I don't think it's happening then. Are we... What... I mean... When we say it, are we talking about national legalization? I'm talking about people who are, well, not both, sorry. I'm talking about national legalization and people who are currently in prison getting released. Oh, that's just uh, never happening. That's just never happening. Yeah. That's all yeah. people of color. Those people are yeah. fucked. Those people yeah. are fucked. Like, yeah. like that's, they're not, they don't care about them. I, no. a, a big part of this, let's be, re, let's be realistic, is that white people want it. So it's going to get legalized. Yeah, that's just the that's why. That's just the truth of it, and yeah. they're the only ones going to be. They're going to mostly be the ones making money off of it because, yeah. of course, they are, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look I at the it, states. Yeah, when, I mean, when I, when I meant in terms of 
sentencing, I mean, no more people going to jail for weed, right? At least that benefit will trickle down. But it's as far as people who are currently incarcerated unjustly for well, smoking weed, so, for possession, yeah. they're not going anywhere. Like that's, So what I've seen is if it does – so if it is – uh, not decriminalized at a federal level, it'll still be a state by state issue. Yeah. Um, so we'll still have our hard red states putting minorities in jail for for weed. That's not going to go away uh, unless they federally make it legal, like legal legal, like Denver level legal, which I don't ever see happening. I think they still want to have it on a state by state case, like state by state. Yeah. It'll and probably, I think they'll still find. I think yeah. it'll. I think it'll probably actually. I think that's right. I think in effect. I think that if we get a genuine state by state, right? Yeah. The only way that could function would be if the federal level decriminalized. Because that way they're yeah. like, we're not devoting any resources because that's who mostly tracks that stuff. So I think what you'll get is de facto decriminalization state by state only because it's not worth prosecuting. It's not worth chasing down. Like it's just not mm-hmm. going to be worth. The, I don't think they realize how many resources it takes to actually persecute that many people. So I think they just won't. But they'll be there in case they want to fuck over this particular dude on this particular night. You know. There's still. There's always going to be a lot of money in getting bodies in private jails. So, in states that make the most money off of private prisons, I think it'll still stay illegal. Right. Right. Which, which I guess I go back to my point of being yeah. that. It's going to be uh, the sort of popularization of 420 and all that represents, I think, is a good thing. If for no other reason, it's going to at least cut off some of those human supply chains. Yeah. Uh, like if, you know, if next we can hopefully work, work first, ah, sorry, hope, next week we can hope on uh, <laughs> getting some of these undocumented people out of their concentration camps. Oh, excuse me, detention centers. No, no, you were right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what that'll be. That because they got that, they got they got they have them to put to work soon. That's what they're yeah. if they're not already. Yeah. See, weed's too depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know that we have that first conversation if it wasn't for weed. Probably. I don't think we have any conversations if it wasn't for weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking weed shouldn't just be legal. Smoking weed should be mandatory. Yeah, exactly. Everybody in this damn country needs to just relax and smoke a joint. Like, everybody needs to take Once. Just take, try it once. Just take a five. Yeah. You know? You can eat it if that's your thing. Because, like, there's so many. Like, I just discovered that somebody told me that now they make butter that's infused. And you yeah. spread it on food, and you just eat it, and, it, and it's, that's it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Pretty soon there will be a weed version of something you like. So just try it, <laughs> and maybe stay off Twitter for a day. You know, maybe you listen to a Radiohead album and you have an emotional experience like you never had before. But I've never seen more head shops than I have now. Like currently, they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just for something that's illegal, it's. It's thriving here. All right. Well, I want to close with uh, one topic of conversation that we must have. Okay. How are you feeling about the Fail Blazers? Man, that's hilarious. I'm like, I'm glad I got I, my doubt on record in multiple oof, places. Oof. I thought they had more heart than that, honestly. It's tough to win when Anthony Davis is that good and Drew Holiday is playing that well. Hey, you're just... But Dame, Dame just couldn't figure out 
anything. Like, yeah. he couldn't just get going in any kind of way that was meaningful for that series, for his team. Like, they're, they're the Wizards West. <laughs> they're, they're Balrog in Street Fighter. They're the first team that's supposedly hard, but you're going to beat them. They weren't. They, they got destroyed. <laughs> they got embarrassed. Oh, man. It was just, it was bad. It was so bad. Do you think the Pelicans can give the Warriors a good shot? Like, do you think they can beat the Warriors? Do I think they can beat the Warriors? Without Steph. Steph will be back. I know. Steph but could they be back. Without, we don't know how effective Steph's going to be. So let's assume a 75% Steph. Yeah. I think that's the real question. A 75% Steph. Yeah. So let's map this out. So Rondo's guarding weakened Steph. Meritich yeah. is on Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. AD is, you know, attached to Draymond Green. I guess. I, think, well, I guess initially no, I, it'll be uh, Zaza. I think Drew. I think Drew's going to handle some KD minutes too. Probably. I think yeah. he also mostly is going to be on Clay though. Uh, unless I think they're going to try Meritich first. Actually, they they'll probably put Drew on Curry and Rondo on Clay. Really, you think so? Yeah, I, I would worry about, do that. I guess it seems they, they need Drew. So Everything much, but... runs through Steph. Well, that's, that's... you stop Steph, you win. That's true. That's yeah. true. They're probably they're probably gonna mix it up. What I'm wondering if they're gonna do is yeah, try the switch, switch defense. Yeah, because yeah. who's they gonna be the uh, who's their fifth guy? It's Miritich Davis. I should know this. Uh, Miritich Davis, Rondo, J. Rue. Is it Etwan Moore? He, he doesn't start. It's Solomon Hill, who's yeah. Who's okay? It's four on five. I guess Solomon Hill can guard Zaza. <laughs> Zaza ain't playing that long. No, I know. It's neither Solomon. Zaza hasn't. It's going to be Javale because Zaza's barely played this first series. Neither is a. Uh, neither is uh, Solomon Hill then. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Can they? Can they? If Miritich can keep KD out of the lane and just let him be a jump shooter and let him have thirty points and jump shots, you know, fine. Because you're not. That's 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 I think that's a win if Mirotic uh, limits KD to something like I don't know 10, 30. Of, ten of twenty-five <laughs> and thirty points, right? Yeah, that's a victory. Yeah. And if and if uh, Rondo and Jay Rue can generally disrupt Curry and Clay enough, the way they did, well, they completely smothered Litter and McCollum. If they can, yeah. if they can just disrupt. Curry and and then AD goes for forty points and is left you know and it's up to Draymond to break the Warriors through. Do I think if all those things go right that the Pelicans can win? No, I fucking super don't. They're not going to win. No. It's the Warriors. It's going to yeah. be over. It's going to be an awesome six games, but that's it. I don't. I I I'm hop. I'm officially hopping off the hype train. And if I, which I was really only there for to see Trailblazers get crushed. Yeah, because I I just don't I'm tired of that team too. I just want them to be out of the playoffs. Um, uh, there's a lot of like I want the familiar faces to lose, so I'm cheering against LeBron. I hate I hate to admit it, but the, the, man, LeBron ain't getting out of the first round. I know, I know. No, he's not. <laughs> it's I'm, sad. Cheering, I'm cheering against the Wizards, even though I love John Wall. But you guys are done. I'm, I'm y'all are watched. I'm tired of watching y'all. Yeah. See y'all. I've seen this story play out too many times. Toronto, I'm not out yet just because they won their first game. Did they win tonight? Yeah, and they won handily. Okay. Yeah. I got the uh, Cavs pictures on in the background. Okay. I was watching yeah, I'm going to watch it when we're done. 
So do the Pel? I don't know. I think it's right now. A lot of people are hitting the panic button for Houston, but I'm not. I'm more annoyed that we haven't had a good shooting night yet, but I'm also pleased that the defense pulled out games against quality offenses so that I feel confident that there exists a possibility that we can win with a bad shooting night. Like, it's possible. I mean, and I mean possible, I mean, like, obviously against Golden State, right? Because you don't have to beat... Somebody told me the other night we were talking about Golden State, and they said, you just have to be... I, these are the conditions for winning, and if these things happen, Houston can win. They've won this way before, right? And somebody said, like, yeah, you just got to do it seven times, and they smart. like, no, you got to do it four times, right? And hopefully, and make sure you win their one bad game, because they're going to have one... They're going to lay one egg in six out of seven. But their defense often saves them in those games. You have to win yeah. that one, and then everything has to go exactly right 50% of the rest of the time. I don't see the Pels... I don't see. I can't imagine what a, a game where the Pels beat the Warriors looks like. There's just too. There's just too much shit on that team. AD has to go for fifty. A, yeah, AD. If, if AD and if AD and Jay and Drew, can can, yeah. can average seventy five games for the series, sure they can win. Other than that, yeah, no, they got no chance. Yeah. I, I, I'm worried about the Rockets. Just as a little quick aside. I, I'm, I'm not, but all right, I'll hear you out because you. I don't no, know. it's just they just have that look. I've, I've, D'Antoni said today they haven't played a meaningful game since January, and they haven't. Like no. they've been they've been in cruise control since January. But I'm seeing that thing that we see the every year from the Rockets that I was afraid we would see, and I saw it again in that Oklahoma City game, uh, and it was just like when everything's not going right, they they just completely mentally break. We got we to gotta blow them out game four. <laughs> then I'll feel good again. <laughs> yeah, well, we definitely have to win game four. I don't think it has to be a blowout. It is on the road. I'd rather, I'd rather blow them out. Because I think yeah. the Rockets the Rockets need to be front runners. Like, if they're, like, the only way it works for them, really, is if it's clicking on all cylinders and they're winning by 20. That's, that's true, except for the fact that we just won two games where that didn't happen. Yeah, I know, and then we got blown out the third one. I did I did not feel good about either of those two games. This is not a team that's really at the level of the Rockets. And I know it's hard to win seven straight games against a team. Eventually they're going to win because we swept them in the regular season. But I don't know. It's just something not – it's a little off. And maybe – and it could be the problem that happened last year, like the quote-unquote James Harden got gassed. Maybe some of these guys are gassed now. Uh, Maybe. I think that I side with D'Antoni. It looks like they're kind of half-assing it. They don't feel like I don't know. They don't feel like they got. They don't feel like they got to bring it to beat the Timberwolves. That's what I'm seeing. I hope not. I hope that that's that's not the case. They got to bring it every night. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> so if anything, so that, if nothing else, to get into a rhythm of of being on, right? I think they're sort of thinking. They may. My concern, if anything, is they bought into their own hype a little bit. And it turns out going according to plan, finding out your hype might not be true is the yeah. worst not going according to plan that could happen, right? Watching them play this series and then watching them potentially play against a Utah, like Utah, they're going to have to come a lot harder than this to beat Utah in a seven-game series. That's true. That's true. Like, like they're really going to have to bring in it. Chris Paul's had some mental mistakes in game one and in game three that kind of worry me. Um, and James, we know James, good defense can shut him the fuck down. And I think that's going to come into play the further we play. 
Uh, and as long as Eric Gordon is missing all these shots, I think we're in, we're in trouble. But we'll see. I think Eric Gordon is the legit concern for me because yeah. you're right about Harden, but I don't see anybody in his path that can stop him. Who are we playing the next round? Probably Utah. Yeah. I'm not worried it's, about – It's I, defensive I, scheme. That's what stops Harden is a defensive scheme. Oh, Harden can't do A, so he's going to go for B. He can't do B. Oh, shit, now what's he going to do? Oh, he's going to jack up threes. Oh, they're not going tonight. Oh, Harden's in trouble. Now he's two for 19. It's scheme. Like, it's it's mostly scheme. Like, you either have – It's the Spurs drop back, right? You want to go yeah, two on two. You either have a guy like Roberson who can just shut him down solo, or you have a great scheme. And Utah, they're going to have a good scheme for him. Right, they, they played us. They always they, played him hard. Cause they got Gobert back there. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're gonna have a good scheme. So Capella's not getting that easy dunk. Those lanes aren't like they're gonna crash the threes. So like, okay, now you got to play a lot of mid range. I'm I'm just curious. I'm just curious what kind of coach D'Antoni is because he's also made a lot of mental mistakes. Yeah, I'm more uh, worried about coach not having a plan B. Like I keep saying, yeah. like you guys developed a secret offense no one's seen yet, right? Or something, or a secret defense. Everybody has one. But we should have seen it by now. I'm amazed we're not just pushing the pace fast, fast. I'm also surprised by that. I'm surprised we're not. Like, I'm surprised we're not. We haven't whipped that out yet. Cause that's how. That's where we started. Yeah. And we've slowed. It down. seems like now's the time to turn it up. Like, okay, push the pace. Like, if Gerald Green's gonna be on the floor. Second shots need to be in like seven seconds. We need to be seven seconds or less if Gerald Green's gonna be on the floor in this in these situations. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get them something they haven't seen, right? Or something yeah. they're used to. We gotta yeah. mix it up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. last week when you said that Harden was was Peyton Manning. Like that's spot on. He's he is Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. We just need to we just need to figure out how we can get him to play in the NBA Finals versus Rex Grossman. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, they, they had a really good defense that year, so hopefully the defense can save us. Right. Right. Because right, right. that's one area, except for the very la- last game, that was the worst defense we played all year, like the entire season. That was the worst defense we played. They always had a guy open. And Derrick Rose isn't always going to hit a fucking open three, but he did last game. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing. They also, what did they shoot for three last game? Like 60%? Like, that's not happening again. Those are some open shots, though. Like, you keep giving people open shots, they'll hit 50%. I don't know. The Wolves will. They they have so they. What's impressed me the most with them is how many of those shots they've been hitting this series. I don't think Thibodeau is doing much to, you know, for this, but they've got a lot of veterans who know how to get their shots and get guys in the right spots, and it's worked out for them. Well, I mean, you know, they can they can keep themselves warm in the off season with that. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Well, All right. Well, on that note, I'll let you get back to it. All right. I'll